I've waited weeks for this. It's attempt number three. We're going to get this thing going. What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, and welcome to week one, week one of my weekly NFL football pick show, podcast show, whatever you want to call it, for the 2016-2017 NFL season. The time is now. I'm getting out ahead of a bunch of my colleagues who are waiting a little while longer but you know what it's week one i'm too excited we're recording on a thursday typically we'd be recording on a tuesday i i didn't want to wait i couldn't wait i had to get it out so we're going to be going back to our regular tuesday recording schedule as of not this coming tuesday but it'll be the tuesday afterwards for week two but again i just i couldn't contain myself so i had to get it going week one here we go so now how is this going to work for week-by-week episodes giving the picks. It's going to be largely similar to the way the show has been the last couple of seasons. There's just going to be quite a bit more of it. We're going to look at each game individually, whereas before, I would kind of just give the pick uh, in a very brief little clip towards the end of the show. But we're going to take each game individually, try to only spend maybe a minute or two talking about each game. I'd like to keep the podcast relatively tight and going there. Platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks, they're not going anywhere. They're my staple. I'm sticking with them. We save them to the end of the show. Against the spread and over under, we're taking each game as itself. So for the first game, I'm going to give you my straight up pick, give you my against the spread play, and give you my over under play, and then we move on to the next game, saving the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze for the end of the episode. Get it? Got it? Good. Comment of the week is, of course, sticking around. CFL picks are sticking around. That's towards the end of the episode. So hold on, Canadian football fans. I got your back. No worries, no worries. Let's get into it now because there's, I mean, look, there's no private pick'em results to talk about. There's no against the spread pick'em results to talk about. What I will say, though, is I did put out a video, just a three, four-minute video, before I sat down to record this, giving you all the information you need about getting into both of those pick'em pools. Check that video out. Pause this podcast. Go to the YouTube channel if you're not on it. Check that video out. All the information is in there. We're at, uh, I think, 16 and 11 in terms of managers in those two leagues, which is fine, but we want a lot more competition than that. So make sure that you join both of those pick and pools if you can and put your picks head to head against mine. I love doing this. It's interactive. It's fun. I love being able to not only compete with my viewers, but like trash talk with the viewers. I just love interacting with my viewers and my listeners. You guys are why I do this and I love doing it. So get joined in both of those pools. And if you're watching the YouTube video in the description to this video, you can find all that information on how to join those pools. You can find all my against the spread and over under picks for the current week. You can find out how to follow me on Twitter. You can find out how to join the YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page. You can find links to other high quality NFL YouTube Prognosticators. If you're on YouTube, that's your information hub right there, the description to the YouTube video. Oh my God, we're going to start talking about football games. I can't wait for this. All right, here we go. The season opens with Denver hosting Carolina, the Super Bowl 50 rematch. It's in Denver, Mile High City. Carolina, basically, obviously, they're looking for revenge here. They want to avenge that loss in the Super Bowl where Denver, let's be honest, Denver made them look foolish in that Super Bowl and Cam Newton especially. There was a certain point in that game when you just looked in Cam's face and 
it had clicked over and it's just like I can't win this game and as soon as that clicks over for an athlete I mean look I'm I'm clearly not much of an athlete anymore but I was a decent little athlete in my day uh as soon as that clicks over that like oh my god I can't win game over Cam's got to be going into this game thinking that he can win. His team has basically not changed very much from that Super Bowl team, uh, Super Bowl appearance team of last season. He did get his number one receiving weapon back, Kelvin Benjamin, back in the game. That just gives Cam another weapon, makes Cam all that much more dangerous. But I'm actually going to go a bit against the grain here. Most people, most of the money is coming in on Carolina, and I can understand why. Obviously, no Peyton Manning in Denver anymore. I think they're going with Trevor Simeon, and I believe I'm pronouncing that name wrong, and it's a little awkward for me to do that. But even though there's no Peyton, even though Cam and the Panthers really haven't changed much, even though they've gotten better, really, with the addition of Kelvin Benjamin, I like the Denver Broncos here, so straight up, I'm taking the Denver Broncos at home to win this game, and that's a major reason. The game is in Denver. That is still a monstrous home field advantage for the Broncos. That defense basically has not changed. If anything, they've gotten better. They looked great in the preseason. And look, Stringer Bell from The Wire taught us the Kings stay the king. The Broncos stay the Kings until proven otherwise. So unless Carolina comes out and really punches them in the mouth in week one, Denver's still the King. And since it's in Denver, I have to give the advantage to the Broncos. If it was in Carolina, I'd probably go the other way. That's how close I think this game is going to be. I like the Broncos to win the game straight up. If we look at the line, Denver is a three-point dog at home. Jump all over that Denver plus three line. If anything, that line's only going to get bigger. So actually, you know what? Maybe wait on it even. I think that could be plus four, plus four and a half, maybe even plus five by the time the game actually rolls around. But plus three, I'm going to jump all over that as I'm recording right now. So Denver plus three is my against the spread play there. The total is currently at 41 and a half. I like the over in that one. Now remember, I'm not the greatest in the world at over under. I think I actually have a losing record for my prognostication career picking over under. But I like the over there. 41 and a half points. It's not that much. Even though the defenses are both very good, Cam can probably put up some points. I think that Denver offense is still going to be able to put up points. It's week one. The defenses tend to be colder than the offenses in general in week one. So 41 and a half. Most of the public money is coming in on the under, but I'm going to tell you to go over 41 and a half. Next, let's go to Atlanta where the Falcons are hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, as you no doubt know, if you watched my NFC prediction or listened to my NFC predictions episode, I don't really expect much from the Tampa Bay Bucks this year. That's not saying that I expect a lot from the Falcons, but I, I think the Bucks are going to be a dumpster fire this year, to be perfectly honest, even though they've got great weapons. Doug Martin is an excellent running back. Mike Evans, as I said on that episode, is one of the best young wide receivers in the NFL, if not the best at his age. And Jameis Winston is probably going to take another step forward in his second season. But there is also such a thing as the sophomore slump. So you could very well see that out of Jameis Winston and a guy like Marcus Mariota as well. So 
I, I just I just don't see how Tampa Bay has fundamentally improved themselves as a team that some people are considering that Tampa Bay might compete for a wild card spot. I just don't see that at the beginning of the season. So I'm going to take Atlanta here. It's an advantageous situation. They're playing at home. I like the Falcons straight up to beat the Bucks. You take a look at the line. Atlanta currently favored by three points at home. That's not that much to give them. Maybe you might be tempted to hedge your bets here, but I like Atlanta at home. That's still Julio Jones. That's still Matt Ryan. That's still Devonta Freeman, who was a monster for a portion of last season. I'm going to tell you to take Atlanta minus three on the line. The over-under currently sits at 47.5 for the total. It seems a little high to me, but then again, these two defenses, not exactly the greatest thing since sliced bread. 47.5, I think I'm going to tell you to take the over on that one. So Atlanta minus three against the spread over 47.5. Moving on, our next game, Tennessee against Minnesota. This game is in Tennessee, and Minnesota obviously now one of the stories of this past week. Teddy Bridgewater going to be out for the entire season with a mad non-contact ligament knee injury, which as soon as you hear non-contact, you know what that means. And it's really unfortunate for the Minnesota Vikings, really unfortunate for Teddy Bridgewater personally. Really unfortunate for Gio Knows. Uh, and honestly, I think everybody in the league, like division rivals, fans, everybody, I think just feels so bad for this. Because I think Teddy Bridgewater is genuinely one of the most beloved players in the league. I, I really I really do believe that, and that's not just Gio's influence on me. I think he is genuinely one of the most beloved players in the league. That being said, it's been well-documented. Minnesota passed the least amount in football last year. And they still have Adrian Peterson, who, sure, the odometer's getting up there, but that's a very well-oiled machine. So I don't think it's going to be... Let's put it this way. It's not as much of an impact, like a devastation on the team, as it would be if, say, Aaron Rodgers or Andrew Luck had suffered the same injury. Let's put it that way. I think Minnesota's going to be just fine. I still like Minnesota in this game. Even though it's in Tennessee, I expect big things from Marcus Mariota this season. I hope and expect him to take a step forward. Although, again, there is that risk of the sophomore slump. I like Minnesota still straight up in this game. You take a look at the line. The line was as high as Minnesota minus 3.5. 3.5-point favorites on the road. This game has now become a pick'em. I would say jump all over Minnesota as a pick'em. It is possible that they may even, once this game snaps, start the game as the underdog. But that's still Minnesota's defense, and the defense is still very good. And Adrian Peterson is still fantastic. They've got good, young, dangerous wide receivers. And Sean Hill is not a nobody. He's still an NFL player who is very experienced. So I still like Minnesota in this one. So if you can get him at a pick em, or even as an underdog, or even as like a one or two point favorite, I would say take him. I'm taking Minnesota as a pick em at Tennessee. The over-under right now sits at 41 points. I would say, even though that's a low number, I would say grab the under on that one. It's two pretty good defenses. Tennessee is a better pass defense than they are run defense. 
So I think this game is going to stay relatively low scoring. I would take under 41 in that one. Minnesota as a pick on the line and Minnesota straight up. Let's go to Kansas City now where the Chiefs are hosting the Chargers. And I think this is one of those games that comes down to the fact that it's in Kansas City. I think Kansas City is going to have not too much of a problem here taking out the Chargers. I like Kansas City straight up. Though... The line is a little deceptive in this one, which we'll talk about in a second, but there is apparently concern about Jamal Charles that he hasn't looked great in OTAs and hasn't looked great in the preseason, and there's a general feeling that Jamal Charles has slowed down. And if that's the case, I think it's going to be a long season for the Chargers because I don't have a ton of faith in Alex Smith, don't have a ton of faith in Jeremy Macklin. Travis Kels is fine, but seems like he's more interested in taping bad reality dating shows. So it could be a down season in Kansas City if the rumors about Jamal Charles are true. But in terms of week one, San Diego's got to travel basically across the country. And I, no, I shouldn't say basically across the country. There's bad geography for you, but they do have to travel outside of their home state and they don't tend to travel well. As a lot of the Californian teams don't tend to travel well. I like Kansas City straight up in this game to win the game at home. Again, the line is deceptive. Right now, Kansas City are seven point favorites at home. I don't like that line. I'm going to tell you to take San Diego plus seven. That's still Phillip Rivers, Antonio Gates, Keenan Allen, Melvin Gordon. They have weapons on that team. And you can't expect the defense to hold them every drive. So seven points, that's just too many for me. San Diego plus seven on the line is the way I'm going to tell you to go with that one. The over-under is 44 and a half. 45 is usually where games like this tend to get dicey, but San Diego's a good offense. Kansas City can be a good offense. San Diego's defense, I would say suspect. I'll tell you to take the over in that one. I'm going to go over 44.5 points in San Diego, Kansas City. I like San Diego plus 7 on the line, but Kansas City to win straight up. Let's go down south to New Orleans now where the Saints are playing host to the Oakland Raiders. And again, Californian team. They don't tend to travel well, especially when they have to change time zones. New Orleans, as I mentioned, I think is going to be a dynamite team at home this year. I like the Saints straight up in that one to beat the Raiders in New Orleans to start the season off on the right foot. On the line, New Orleans only a one-point favorite in this game, and I understand why. Like, Oakland, I think people are expecting big things out of Oakland this season, and there's reason to. I mean, Latavius Murray, I think, is a really underrated running back. Derek Carr, I think most people are expecting to take a step forward. Amari Cooper is there. He is a huge threat. Michael Crabtree, I think, is a very underrated guy. So there's reason to think that Oakland comes out and wins this game because the Saints obviously suspect on defense, but that's still Drew Brees back there. The defense can play well. They've just underperformed the last, I don't know, two full seasons. But I like the Saints here, and it's only one point to give up since I like the Saints to win. I'm going to take the Saints minus one, because why not? So the Saints minus one in that game. The over-under is 51. Two really good offenses, defenses that can play well, but are by no means stout. So I'm going to actually tell you to take the over in that one. It's a big number. It's one of the biggest numbers of the week so far. In fact, it's the biggest one that we'll be looking at over 51 in Oakland, New Orleans. I like New Orleans minus one on the line and the Saints straight up. 
Headed up to New York, we have the Jets playing host in week one to the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati, an ever-dangerous team, definitely a threat in that AFC North. The Jets, I think, are going to do some good things in the AFC East, but we all know who the dominant team is in the AFC East. Jets hosting Cincinnati. Jets definitely a better home team than they are a road team, which you can say about a lot of teams in football. But the Jets have a problem winning on the road. The defense tends to go away, but at home, they tend to play pretty well. It's tough because Cincinnati, I think, is a good road team, and the defense is good, and Andy Dalton is underrated, and they've got weapons. And I'm not 100% sure that I trust Matt Forte. So I'm actually going to go with my gut here. I think Cincinnati wins this game, even though it's in New York. I like Cincinnati straight up to win the game. On the line, the Jets are two-point dogs at home. It's not much to give up for a favorite in Cincinnati of minus two. Clearly, the bookies think this game is going to be close. I think it will too, but two points is nothing to give up. So I like Cincinnati minus two on the road at the Jets. The line in this game, the total 41 and a half. It's a low total, even though it's two good defenses. I'm going to tell you to go over 41 and a half because, again, the defenses tend to be colder than the offenses do early in the season. That's what I find anyway. Once the defenses really hit the groove, then scoring tends to come down. So I like over 41 and a half in Cincinnati at the Jets. Cincinnati minus two on the line. Look at that, we're halfway through the games, not counting the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze, and we're less than 20 minutes. Look at that, I think we're gonna do pretty well. Let's go to Philadelphia now, where the Eagles playing host to the Cleveland Browns. The Philadelphia Eagles, obviously, as I mentioned in my NFC predictions, I think they're gonna be good, not great this year, which uh, Sean, uh, hang with Sean, Sean P., tended to have a little bit of an issue with if you look at the comments section in the NFC predictions. That's perfectly fine. We love conversation here. The Cleveland Browns, I think, are going to be an absolute dumpster fire, uh, kind of like the Bucks. But the Browns going into Philadelphia, this is Philly's game all day. I was heavily tempted to take this in the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze, but I didn't want to look like I was picking on Cleveland right away. But uh, Philly all day in this one. I, I don't think there's... Any reason to think that Philadelphia does not win this game? On the line, however, Philly five and a half point favorites at home. I expected that line to be larger. And when I looked at it, I thought, why isn't that line larger? But it seems like maybe too much of a good thing. I have to admit, the Browns have weapons. And the Browns are making RG3 look like he's, you know, a capable quarterback. And, I mean, I know Josh Gordon's not going to be playing in this game. He's missing the first four due to suspension. I understand that. But you still got a guy like Gary Barnage at tight end, who I think is going to have a huge season this season. Duke Johnson, one of the elite scat backs in football, in my opinion. Cleveland's got weapons. And the defense is supposed to be better. What the hell? It's week one. Let's be adventurous. Cleveland plus five and a half on the road that's the way I'm going to go on the line. Cleveland, plus five and a half, knowing that Philly could absolutely blow them out. But I'm going to go Cleveland plus five and a half. Over-under in this game, 43 and a half. I think this number is going to sail over because I do not trust Philadelphia's defense. I certainly don't trust Cleveland's defense. 43 and a half, 
it's not that much. I'm going to tell you to go over that in Philadelphia, Cleveland. But I like Cleveland plus five and a half on the line, even though Philadelphia wins the game straight up. Next up, we have an all AFC matchup here. We have the Buffalo Bills traveling to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Now, I spoke in my AFC predictions that I think Buffalo is going to be a good team this year. I think they're going to be a threat to win a wild card. I think Tyrod Taylor is going to take a big step forward this season. They got LaShawn McCoy. They got Sammy Watkins. They've got guys on offense that can do some damage. Now, barring major injuries, which they have had some injury problems in the preseason here, which is why they're holding out LaShawn McCoy, and I think even Tyrod Taylor for the rest of the preseason. I can understand that. (laughs) Believe me. So they've got some injury problems there, some concerns. But I think, of course, pending that everyone stays healthy, Buffalo's going to have themselves a good season. Baltimore, as I mentioned, very hot and cold. They are a better home team. At times, they've been an elite, almost unbeatable-looking home team. I'm going to take Baltimore to win this game by virtue of the fact that the game is in Baltimore. And I don't think Buffalo is a great, great road team. So I'm going to take Baltimore to win the game. On the line, Baltimore's favored by three points at home. I'm going to hedge my bets in this one because I think this is a legitimate coin flip. I'm going to go Buffalo plus three on the line. That way, if Buffalo does win the game, hey, at least I look like a little bit of a genius. So uh, Buffalo plus three on the line. The over-under here is 44 and a half. Tempted to go under because the defenses tend to be not too bad. (sighs) 44 and a half is not a big number. I'm actually going to go over on that one, I think. Over 44 and a half, but Buffalo plus three on the line, even though Baltimore wins the game straight up. Let's go to the battle for what I think will be the NFC East Championship. The Dallas Cowboys playing host to the New York Giants. Dallas, of course, with the other legitimate uh, major news-making injury, I would say, of the preseason. Tony Romo going to be out Who knows how long he may not even play this season at the quarterback position for the Cowboys. That means this is Dak Prescott's team moving forward. Des Bryant has been dealing with apparently some concussion symptoms, although he says he hasn't and he says he's ready to go and he's ready to feast and everything like that. Dak Prescott, at least he's going to make his uh, regular season NFL debut playing at home against a Giants team that Again, everyone's talking about the offense. Nobody's talking about the defense, really. I think that defense is going to be good. They've added pieces on their front seven, the defensive line, that I think is going to open things up for guys like Jason Pierre-Paul. I think that front seven is going to be good. Dallas's offensive line, everyone talks about it. They're basically elite in football. And that's why everyone kind of thinks Ezekiel Elliott is going to have a monster season. I don't. He's a rookie. I just don't trust it yet. Who knows? Maybe after week three or week four, I have to eat some crow on that one. And if it's that's the case, that's the case. Whatever. The Giants on the road. Good, not great. But I still have this feeling that the Giants, between the two, are a better team. I love what I've seen from Dak Prescott, but he's now going into a situation where he thought he was going to be backing up a long-standing starting quarterback kind of being groomed for the future. Well, the future is just like that. The future is now. So it'll be interesting to see how he responds to that. Maybe he responds very well. I like the Giants, even though the game's on the road. Uh, I like the Giants to win this game. Right now, it's a pick 'em. 
just a, an absolute coin flip game. So since it's a pick em, I mean, I'm going to take the Giants on the line against the spread because basically there is no spread. So I'm going to take the Giants there as well. I like the Giants to win the game straight up. The over-under in this one is 47 and a half. If Romo was in there, maybe I'd go with the over. Um, again, I got to see it from Dak Prescott before I can believe it. So why don't we take the under in that one? We'll go under 47 and a half points, even though these are two good offensive teams. I'll take the under in that one. Under 47 and a half. Giants on the line and a pick em. Giants win the game. Maybe in a bit of an upset. The Arizona Cardinals will be playing host in an NFC versus AFC matchup to the New England Patriots, who will be without Tom Brady. The Jimmy Garoppolo era begins on the road in Arizona. Ouch. Uh, I like the Cardinals here. Uh, I'm just going to say that straight, straight away. Um, They've got a a great wide receiver core there. Three really dangerous wide receivers. Of course, Larry Fitzgerald, the the stalwart in that one. But John Brown, I think, is going to have a good season. And Michael Floyd, I think, is going to have a great season. So they've still got Carson Palmer back there. He's still playing at a very high QB1 level. Arizona's defense is excellent. They're uh, apparently getting the Honey Badger back, who's supposed to be ready for week one. Uh, David Johnson, I think, is going to be one of the elite running backs in football this year. I'm, I'm certainly not making any waves by saying that, I don't think. I just think everything is set up here for New England to start the season 0-1. That's the way I'm going to go with it. Arizona beats New England in Arizona. The line is a 5.5-point favorite for Arizona at home. I think I'll take that, actually. Um, New England's defense is, I think, good, not great. It's good enough in that division, and the offense tends to be great. But I think they're good, not great, and Arizona's offense, I think, is great. So I'm going to take the five and a half points. It's under a touchdown. I'll take that. Jimmy Garoppolo obviously getting his first start, so we don't really know what the offense is going to give us. The Patriots, of course, also missing Dion Lewis. I think they're going to be going with LeGarrette Blount, but who the hell knows in the Patriots' backfield? Arizona minus 5.5. This number is also 47.5, same as in the New York-Dallas game. And I think I'm going to go under again, um, just based on the fact that Arizona's defense is pretty good and uh, New England's offense is not as good as it's going to be in uh, about four weeks' time. So 47.5. Uh, yeah, I'll go I'll go under. So under 47 and a half. I like Arizona minus five and a half on the line. I like Arizona to win the game straight up. Let's go to Washington now where the Redskins are going to play host to the Pittsburgh Steelers, who, as you know, if you listen to my AFC predictions, I think are going to have a monster season and in all likelihood win that division, although Cincinnati's going to have something to say about that. Pittsburgh, I think they're going to be elite at home on the road. I think they're going to be pretty good. Washington, Washington strikes me as a defense that's pretty decent at stopping the run, but garbage in the secondary. Uh, They have players who should be better in the secondary, but they don't tend to be. So I think Big Ben's going to be able to honestly pass on them pretty well all day. I like the Steelers here on the road. I haven't taken many road teams, but I like the Steelers here as the favorites. They're actually three-point favorites on the road. I was tempted to take the home dog, but I'm going to go Pittsburgh minus three on this one. It's not many points to give up. So Pittsburgh wins it straight up. I like Pittsburgh minus three on the line. The total here is a 50 point even total. I think it probably goes over. I think Pittsburgh's defense is going to be good, not great. And Washington, I mean, look, they got Kirk Cousins and 
The run game, I think, is going to be the big question mark for Washington on offense this season. Matt Jones might be good or might be terrible. So it's a tough call there, but first week of the season, 50 points. I'll take the over on it. So over 50, Pittsburgh minus three on the line. Steelers win straight up. And the last game we're going to look at before we get into the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks is the San Francisco 49ers playing host to the Los Angeles Rams. Both of these teams kind of come into the season with a quarterback quote-unquote controversy. The controversy in LA is they thought Jared Goff was going to be better than he is right now, so it looks like they're going to be going with Case Keenum in week one. In San Francisco, obviously, you have uh, Kaepernick Gate with uh, standing at the anthem, not standing at the anthem, standing for the flag, not standing for the flag. Ah, I talked about that, uh, I think, last week it was, or, ter- or two days ago, actually. Haha, <laughs> but I'm bump. Let's take a look at none of those things. Let's just say, let's just look at the game. Who's going to win? Who's going to lose? The quarterback matchup, I think, is a wash. Defensively, I think the Rams are better than the 49ers. I don't think I'm making many waves in saying that. Running back-wise, I think the Rams are better than the 49ers. I like Todd Gurley better than I like Carlos Hyde. Wide receiver core, Tavon Austin's pretty good. San Francisco, I think, might have a little bit more depth there, although they did just lose Bruce Ellington for the season, I believe for the season, or he's at least on long-term IR. Uh, no, I think they lost him for the season. Um, so <clears throat> maybe I guess the Rams are probably better there too. I think they're better probably in all facets and I still think the 49ers win this game. Uh, maybe it's just based on the fact that they're at home. Who knows? Maybe that's why. Maybe it's a, a deep desire to stare this Kaepernick controversy in the face and say, the hell with it. We're just going to get back to playing football. And I think they do that. And I think even though this is an upset, I like San Francisco to win this game. I think the 49ers beat the Rams in week one in San Francisco. San Francisco, two and a half point dogs at home. I'll take those two and a half points because I think they're going to win the game. 44 and a half is the total on this one. Take the under. Please take the under. Take the under. 44 and a half. I'm going to go under on that. San Francisco plus two and a half on the line. And the 49ers win the game straight up. Now let's take a look at the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week one <laughs> of the 2016-2017 NFL season. Going to start at the bottom, as always, with the bronze pick. My bronze pick comes in the Detroit Lions traveling to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. The Colts are four-point favorites at home. The total here is 50 and a half. I like the Colts to get out to a good start at the beginning of the season, punch Detroit in the mouth, win this football game at home, going away fairly, Not I don't want to say easily. I don't want to say easily. That's probably disrespectful. But I think the Colts get off to a good start here. The defense, obviously, not great, I don't think, in Indianapolis. That's never really been their bread and butter. It's always been the offense, and it's still Andrew Luck. It's Dante Moncrief. It's T.Y. Hilton. And I think that's really all you need. The run game, I think, is going to be a question mark here in Indianapolis. I think we need to temper expectations on Frank Gore, who is Adrian Peterson, but with more mileage and not as good. So the run game might be a bit of a problem. And Detroit's defense, I think, will do some good things this year, as I think I mentioned when I talked about the NFC. But I like Indianapolis to win this game here in week one in front of the home crowd. I'll take Indianapolis straight up. 
Again, four-point favorites on the line. It's not that many to give up, really. It's under a touchdown, well under a touchdown. I'll take the Colts minus four against the spread there as my bronze ATS pick. And on the line, again, 50 and a half is your total I actually like the under in that one, I think. Uh, even though Indianapolis' defense is yeah, not great, I think I still like the under in that one. So we're going to go under 50.5 points. We're going to go Indianapolis minus 4, and the Colts straight up on the line. For my silver pick, let's go to Seattle, where the Seahawks kick off the season at home, taking on the Miami Dolphins. The line in this game is just insulting to the Dolphins, but I can understand why it is what it is. Uh, I mean, I, I like Seattle all day here, opening the season at home. I think Seattle probably goes unbeaten at home this year, maybe one loss in there. But Seattle, I think, wins this game, no question in my mind. The line, though, is insulting. Seattle is currently favored by 11 points at home against Miami. And I understand why the line is what it is. But the more I think about the Dolphins and the more I kind of see Ryan Tannehill in the preseason and kind of being given more of a leash in terms of controlling the offense, he just looks more comfortable. And they've still got Jarvis Landry here. They've got, again, a good running back now, Arian Foster. I think he's going to have a decent season. J.A.J.E. right behind him. I think 11 points is too many. Maybe I'm ridiculous. Maybe Seattle blows him out. Maybe Seattle beats him 30-3 to and, and I look foolish. But I think Tannehill looks better. Jarvis Landry is still Jarvis Landry. He's going to be a PPR machine this year. I just think 11 points... Too many for the Seahawks to be favored by. So I like Miami plus 11 on the line. Usually whenever it gets to double digits, you know, I start to get weary of that. And I'm weary of this number. So while I like Seattle to win the game comfortably, 11 points is too many for me. So I'm going to go Miami plus 11 on the line. The total here is 44. I like the under in this one. Miami's defense, not exactly good, but I think Miami's defense will be fine. I'm not a gigantic believer in Thomas Rawls, and I think maybe first week of the season, he might stumble out of the gates a little bit. It'll be, a lot of it's going to be on Russell Wilson. Doug Baldwin is, I think, a good wide receiver, not a great wide receiver, not elite, not worth being taken in fantasy where he's currently being taken because he's so touchdown dependent. Uh, 11 points is too many, 44 points is too much. I like Miami plus 11, I like under 44, but Seattle wins the game comfortably straight up for my silver pick. The gold pick, let's go to Houston where the Texans are going to be facing the Chicago Bears at home. And again, as I mentioned when I talked about the AFC and I talked about Chicago, or the NFC, sorry, and talked about Chicago, oh boy, Chicago's not going to have a good season. Um... While I don't think Houston is going to be a juggernaut, I think Lamar Miller is going to be unbelievable. I think DeAndre Hopkins is going to be unbelievable. I think Brock Osweiler is going to be fine. <laughs> we'll put it that way. I think the defense is going to be perfectly fine, and that's going to be more than enough for Houston to get by Chicago in this game. I like Houston for the gold pick, straight up at home to beat Chicago. Houston favored by five and a half points at home. Kind of like Arizona, New England. It's under a touchdown. So I'm going to take it because I have no faith in the Bears offensively or defensively. Maybe Jeremy Langford does something this season. You might want to take a look at him in fantasy, possibly. But Houston minus five and a half. That's more than enough for me. I'm going to take that on the line against the spread. Total is 44 I'm going to go with the under again on that one, under 44, because Houston's defense is good. 
And Chicago, I don't think, is going to score a ton of points. And Houston, I don't think, is going to earn much by running the score up. So let's go under 44 points. Houston minus 5.5. Houston wins the game straight up. And here's the platinum pick, the one you've been waiting for. It's the only game we haven't talked about. The Green Bay Packers traveling to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. The Jaguars are going to be better this season. I almost sound like an addict, but the Jaguars are going to be better this season. Blake Bortles is going to take a step forward. I like the run game now where they have both TJ Yeldon and Chris Ivory. I think putting the two of them together makes for a much more dangerous running back tandem. You could see a number of two back sets out of Jacksonville's offense this season. They've got very dangerous wide receivers, Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns. I believe they've still got Julius Thomas as their tight end, do they not? So they've got weapons there, and I think the defense just needs to hold. It just needs to step up a little bit. And hold, get a few more three and outs, more chances for that offense. If they do that, I think Jacksonville is going to find success this season. But they're going to get curb stomped by Green Bay in week one. Even though Green Bay is not a team that traditionally travels very well, Green Bay is going to have an unbelievable season. Green Bay wins this game handily in Jacksonville. Minus four and a half on the line. Don't even think about it. Green Bay minus four and a half as the road favorites. Take that all day long. Total of 44 and a half, where I think Jacksonville's offense is going to do something. I'm actually going to go over on that one. Over 44 and a half, but Green Bay minus four and a half on the line. Easy. Green Bay beats Jacksonville in Jacksonville. Easy money for my platinum pick. No comment of the week, obviously, because this is my first uh, video of the season. But I am going to get you out of here on my CFL picks for both week 11 and week 12 because we're kind of right smack dab in the middle of week 11 right now. So I figured, what the hell, might as well give you some week 11 picks as well as picks in week 12. Uh, I've got Ottawa on the road beating Montreal. I've got Winnipeg on the road beating Saskatchewan. I've got Calgary at home beating the Edmonton Eskimos. And in the Labor Day Classic, as it's called up here, Battle of Ontario, I have Toronto on the road beating Hamilton. Go to CFL Week 12. I like the Montreal Alouettes on the road to beat the BC Lions. At home, I like the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to beat uh, Saskatchewan. Sorry, I had a little bit of a brain fart there. Uh, I like Calgary on the road to beat Edmonton, Battle of Alberta. And I like Hamilton on the road to beat Toronto in Week 12 in a rematch from Week 11. That is it, folks. There's your week one episode. I think we're going to be under 40 minutes, which is awesome for this. If we're just a little bit over, I can understand. But, oh man, it feels so good to be back doing this. There's all the picks. All the picks are going to be in the description below to the YouTube video in terms of against the spread and over under plays. If you haven't joined the Pick'em Leagues yet, make sure you go and do that. I'm so happy to be back. That's it for me. Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter. Week one is in the books. Thank you very much for listening. And we will see you again in week two. SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, we're everywhere. SoundCloud.com slash Bridgewater's Finest. Just search Bridgewater's Finest and you're going to find everything. Thank you so much. See you next week. 